0: social media summit quarter lane is in the past but the 33 presentations are still available visit smwcda.com for more information on social media summit quarter lane as well as the social media summit inner circle social media summit quarter lane presented by the social media web helping you untangle the web of social media marketing i'm so jealous watching
1: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, sorry. I'm gonna
0: really, really rub it in too. I knew. Um, <laughs> so this is the downside of having a winemaker in the episode. You do like, <laughs> I'm like, we we tell all the time. Look, there's no right or wrong answer. You get what you get, right? But this is tart, and this has got to me. Delicious. Yeah, it's a, a like pink fruit. Like I want to say even grapefruit a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, a little green apple. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from it, and that's all I'm going to say. Does this look really good to you, Janie? Really
1: <laughs> yeah. absolutely jealous. This is yeah. the Blanc Blanc. It's one of my favorites. I am obsessed.
0: It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week, over a glass of wine, is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time! Hello and welcome again to another episode of Wine Time Fridays. We have got a really super special episode this week. I know we say that all the time, but this one is going to be spectacular. But we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Happy Friday!
2: Happy Friday! It's Happy Friday!
1: It's wine time! Yes.
0: Today we are coming to you from the property of KB Estate Winery, and are we in Quincy or are we in George? You
2: are in
0: Quincy. Quincy, if we go through. We're closer
2: the, to the town of George, but our mailing address is Quincy.
0: Gotcha. Uh, we are. Well, we are going to be doing this episode overlooking the just an unbelievable. Landscape that's here, looking the uh, over the Columbia River. You got yurts on the left. You've got uh, the the gorgeous amphitheater is very close. I mean, this is a gorgeous piece of property, and I, I'm going to make this super quick before we introduce guests. But uh, 10 years ago, I visited this property as part of the wine bloggers conference. When we went from Seattle to Walla Walla and Walla Walla back, and I was living in Portland. There's a lot of driving, but we had one of the receptions here. Uh, at KB Winery and I'm like this is really good juice. So uh, my daughter whenever I say good juice she rolls her eyes so I have to say that each and every time (laughs) just because. Um, Anyway so it's a long history of KB we became wine wine club members here uh, two years ago and just so many stories that we're going to try to get through this in the next 90 minutes. So we should introduce our guests and then toast up the first wine. Let's start with, uh, let's start with
2: Carrie. Yes, I'm Carrie Arredondo. Uh, So Kayfee is my family's place. Uh, Vince and Carol Bryan are my parents and they um, bought the property in 1979. And I have done many, many different jobs over the years. Really pretty much everything except for making the wine, which you'll meet my husband in a minute. He's a winemaker. But currently I do all of the marketing, branding and the events.
0: Fantastic. We are so pleased and so thankful that you guys uh, want to be on this episode. So thank oh, you. And your husband is the winemaker, and that is Freddie. Freddie.
3: Hi there. Uh, thank you for being here at KVB with us. Yeah. Um, and uh, you mentioned the Bloggers Conference, and I uh, I actually, when, when I walked in, I thought you looked familiar. And when you mentioned the Bloggers Conference, I'm like, that's why I was actually pouring wine at the bloggers conference. So I was up in the in the estate yeah, room that's right. pouring wine. So and I'm I'm terrible with names. But uh, faces are pretty good with, and you do look familiar, so we may have exchanged a couple of words at that conference. Well, I may have
0: got a picture of you, so I'll have to do a little yeah. research on yeah. that because I took a lot of pictures yeah. that, in 2010, yeah. right, June, 2000, yeah. I think June. Uh, and then we have one other staff person, which is Janie, which is the person that I first, other than Freddie, 10 years ago, which I didn't know who he was at the time. Uh, Janie, I do know because she runs the wine club here. Mm-hmm. Would you introduce yourself?
1: Yes. I'm Janie Evenson. I've been at Cave B for just a little over a year now. I'm the wine club and tasting room manager. Um, It's been a wonderful place to work. I live about three miles up the road, so that makes it even better. My commute is very short. I always make the joke, I could ride my horse to work if I wanted to. So this has been a great place, and um, I really love it. So I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that you guys are here today, too.
0: So we have wine glasses in front of all of us except for Janie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it okay for us to mention why you won't be tasting wine with us (laughs) today? Does Freddie even know? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. So we just found out that I was pregnant, and I'm just about 10 weeks along. So we're just... You know, really excited, really. Happy. Well, we now
0: know what the first toast is going to be. So, uh, we are going. To, congratulations, we are going to be tasting through a Blanc de Blanc, and uh, we should toast this up right now. So, we. This is part of the thing. We have to toast each and every wine. So, to health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, romance, and peace, peace on, on earth. earth, and your giggles and
2: your kisses.
0: Thank you. Aww. And boom. Only the first one gets the long Uh thing. And to, well, we can do the next one. We'll toast to Jamie. So here we go. This is a Blanc de Blanc. I'm
1: so jealous watching you guys drink that right now. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to
0: really, really rub it in, too. I knew Um, you would. (laughs) So this is the downside of having a winemaker in the episode you don't want to say like, wrong. <laughs> I'm like we, we tell all the time look there's no right or wrong answer you get what you get right but this is tart and this has got to me delicious yeah it's a um, like pink fruit like I want to say even grapefruit a little mm-hmm. bit a little green apple I don't know yeah. that's what I'm getting from it and that's all I'm going to say does this look really good to you, Janie? That looks exactly.
1: phenomenal. I'm absolutely jealous. This is yeah. the Blanc de Blanc is one of my favorites. I am obsessed.
0: Yeah, Jenny was sharing some stories how she starts her day uh, with a mimosa every day and, uh, air quotes, air quotes around the mimosa because
1: it's literally just the that
0: Of course it we could have like. just got, got her fired as far as we know. Uh, so any, so Freddie, why don't you tell us a little bit about this wine? Yeah, so so the Blanc de Blanc it's actually it's been a it's
3: been a really fun wine to make. We've been making it here since two thousand four actually. Um, and so we have a few vintages of this wine under our belt, and uh, it is made in the traditional method, the thote hmm. which is uh, where the, the actual fermentation that creates the bubbles is actually made, it's actually performed in the bottle that it's served in. So um, the wine, the, the process behind making this wine is basically you first start out making it just like a still white wine, but you're harvesting the fruit for, um, for all intents and purposes under ripe by other still white wine standards.
0: So less wine. less sugar then. Less sugar, okay. and there's some because disgorging want, involved in this. There is, right? There is. Okay, yeah.
3: Eventually, yeah, but you want uh, uh, less less total alcohol because you're going to give the wine a second fermentation in the bottle. So we pick the pick the grapes at about 19 breaks, which is about 19 percent sugar. So that gives us a total alcohol um, of around 10 percent or so, 10 or 11 percent. Um, so we go make a still wine. We cold stabilize it, sterile filter it, and then we put it into a tank, we add a little bit of sugar, we add a little bit more yeast, and we put it into the bottles with the sugar and the yeast so another fermentation could take place in the bottle, and that's what produces the the beautiful bubbles that are in there. Uh, The wine then sits uh, on the leaves, which is called entourage uh, for um, any, it's at the the minimum, it's about 12 months, um, but then sometimes we can get into 18, 19, and 22 months. for that stuff, that's disgorging later, and as you mentioned, you do some disgorging. So uh, once the wine, once you're ready to, to take the wine, the uh, the yeast plug out, um, you do what's called disgorging. So basically, you take that sediment that's that's created from that second fermentation. You kind of shake the bottle up a little bit, and then you put the bottles in, in a riddling rack or um, a, a machine riddler, um, and then you give give those uh, bottles an eighth of a turn or so every couple of days. The sediment works its way down into the neck, then the bottle goes into what's called the neck freezer, which has a really, really cold glycol uh, circulating in a pool, and it freezes that yeast plug, okay? Then you take the bottle, you flip it right side up, pop the crown cap or beer top, whatever you want to call it, and then it shoots that yeast plug out. And then you top off the bottle, put our cork wire hood on there, and. We have a block,
0: block. You know, we have Ta-da. never even mentioned that we have a riddling rack at the house. We do. Well, we have a half a oh, riddling, 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 riddling rack. Box. We just yeah. have it at the end of the house. Yeah. A, you know, yeah.
2: Um,
0: so, yeah, so you don't, do you mark the bottles or do uh, you have an automated riddling rack? or riddling no, rack? no, no. They're, they're actually done. They're done. By hand? By hand? Yeah, by hand. Oh, so you do yeah. have to put yeah. a mark on You just put yeah. a little crayon mark. Is that what it is yeah. on the bottom? Okay, gotcha. So that's fantastic. An, an eighth of a turn every couple, three days. Yeah. Now you say a couple, three days. Uh, is that mean it's
3: literally two or three days
0: <laughs> so it's when you get around to it
3: yeah okay yeah, it's a, so it's, it's not it's like, like the third day yeah because yeah.
0: you know uh, when you're checking for harvest which you guys are kind of in the middle of right yeah. now right yeah,
3: yeah We some food you... this morning, So okay
0: yeah. so you have to uh, you're checking for the bricks and all that stuff uh, the sugar content mm-hmm. you're actually tasting the grapes absolutely you're not doing this when you're making the sparkler
3: well, no, not, yeah, for riddling, it's just, yeah. no, yeah, we're not doing any, any of that stuff when during harvest. So That's,
0: if you turn it at two days and then do it at three days, then that, it doesn't really affect anything no, as long no, as you're doing it, just, it within that it window. What
3: happens is it just takes longer to riddle. And if you're not constantly moving it, the, the, it can cause the sediment to not move as easily. So you kind of have to shake the bottle a little bit more. Gotcha. So it gets that, that sediment off of the, the wall of the bottle.
0: Ah, oh, so cool. Well, just in time, Janie showed up with uh, our rosé,
2: which is a dry rosé.
0: Um, I am going to actually ask. Wow, this is quite a blend. Eighty percent straw, ten percent malbec, and ten percent tempranillo. Which, of course, the tempranillo is going to get us ready for that tempranillo that we have down the road. Is that the same fruit? Uh,
3: same, same fruit. Thank you. Um, different vineyard. Um, so it's, it's a different vineyard block. Uh, they're actually close to each other, but we harvest them separately at a separate times. Okay. The, the rosé, uh, the Tempranillo for the rosé is harvested specifically for rosé. So it's harvested lower sugar, higher acids, which is more appropriate to a chilled white. Whereas the tempranillo, we want a big, deep, rich tempranillo. So a little bit higher sugar with a little bit lower acid.
0: Um, what is the residual sugar on this before we even taste it?
3: You know, I, I didn't measure the residual sugar. It's technically dry, so it's less than than, than 1%. Okay. Um, if I were to measure the residual sugar, I would guess it would probably like be like two tenths of a percent. Okay. So, gotcha. yeah,
0: pretty, pretty minimal. Uh, let's toast up the rosé. <laughs> and to Janie's to Janie. growing Janie's family.
1: Yes.
0: That's what I'm gonna say is growing, <laughs> is your family. I love
1: that. <laughs> That's
0: a
2: nice way to say that, though.
0: <laughs> Oh, I have my moments. They
2: used to say, in a family way. In a family way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, boy. That's so
0: funny. Okay, let's taste this up.
1: So if I could interject a little bit on the thing you guys are tasting. This, this is your
0: second favorite.
1: Yes, just so happens to fall into the line of the second.
0: Gee, I so, wonder how he came up with these wines. Today.
1: <laughs> I know. I wonder who picked these. <laughs> yes. So our dry rosé is phenomenal. This is the wine that I like to call my patio pounder, mm. because I've never had a friend come over and sit on the back porch and Mm. not enjoy the rosé. This is the type of wine for me and my friends that we love to sit outside on a hot summer night and enjoy this rosé with some like sharper cheeses and it's just phenomenal. we have cheeses. Yes, yeah, there's some (laughs) cheeses. There's uh, the Spirelli's, I'd take one of those, that's a good little mix. Freddie would know better than I would, but this is just what I like to enjoy.
0: Yeah, so Janie was nice enough to bring out a little light fare this would be light fare, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, to pair with some of these things, so I'm going to go ahead and do that with the non-crunchy, because I don't
2: want to, you know, people's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ears away. Um,
0: so uh, tell me, Carrie, what wine do you gravitate towards in your lineup, uh, and does that change? Oh, yes. I do this so I can so,
2: drink and taste. Yeah, it does change quite a bit. So both Freddie and my background, we actually met over in Italy. And we were on a six-month professional. We both had gone to culinary school before and worked in that industry. And um, so we went to a six-month program over in um, near in near Osti, a little village near Osti, um, the Piemonte region over there. Um, and so, food has always been such a huge component to our lives. And so, for me, for food, itch, what wine I like changes all the time because it really is based upon what we really love. I love enjoying a backyard patio wine mm-hmm. as well, and that for me would depend on the season. So this summer, our Pink and Lovely, which is our sparkling rosé, absolutely love, Love is a summer patio sipper. This rosé, which is our dry rosé, same thing. Also, the Sauvignon Blanc in the summertime. But as we start going into the colder seasons and our food in our house changes, we like making big soups and stews and whatnot. Then I tend to go towards more of the Reds. Um, And for the Reds, my taste is more with the Tempranillo and the Malbec. I really like... Easy um, drinking, huh? I used to love cabs, um, and I never used to like Merlots. This was many years ago.
0: Before Sideways? Uh,
2: (laughs) um, 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 But... Freddie just insisted to always, when we were out, buy merlots. He's like, it's, you just gotta train your palate, train your palate. And now, now for years, merlot has been one of my very favorite rips. I just really, I just love it. I love it with big hearty dishes and whatnot. One of, our, one of my favorite reds here is the Cuvée um, de Soleil, and that's our Bordeaux blend. And I really tend to, and it has all, every year it changes a little bit, but you know, the Cab Sau, the Cab Franc, the Merlot, the Malbec, um, Petit Bordeaux, I the same thing, that's pretty yeah. much it. Um, but all the percentages change every year, and that's always a delightful, delightful one. But really, for me, wine is, it's what, you're, what food are you eating? And then I'll tell you which wine I want with that.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting that. You know, in, in our house, she won't make chili in the summer, <laughs> and she doesn't like. Uh, he
2: doesn't understand, I
0: understand why. I, do. I, I, I mean, chili's great any time of the year with me. Phil <laughs> is clearly uh, upset about
2: this issue. Well, I don't know if upset,
0: <laughs> but getting there, yeah. Or um, what's the.
2: Uh, Something I won't make.
0: It's raw life. fish you eat.
2: Oh, oh Sushi. Oh, Yes,
0: that will get cut out. Um, Sashimi. So I'll go, um, you know, I don't know, December, January, when it was, you know, a bunch of snow. You want, I you feeling like sushi? It's like, no. I thought you liked it. I do. When it's (laughs) warm out, I don't get the stuff. I really don't. (laughs) I'll have a sauvignon blanc. Right from the, it's lovely from the deck. I come home with wine, I stick it in the snow, it's chilled in a half hour, boom, I'm okay with that. Or a nice big cab with a steak in the summer. It's okay. Well, that's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, it that's definitely right. is okay. It definitely is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always uh, tell people that my wine preferences change with my moods, and that changes every day. <laughs> you oh, you have
0: anything. no idea about the mood changes.
1: <laughs> that earth that I'm in for, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, I, it just does. Sometimes I feel like the heaviest, deepest red that we have, then other days I feel like the lightest, driest white that we have. Our semillon is also one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. It's Ooh, just very yeah. light, and it goes with everything. it just It always depends. And like Carrie said, the longer I've worked here, food. I really pair wine with food now, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that I start doing that when I'm having a barbera. I'm like, oh, spaghetti. We're gonna have. And like, <laughs> it depends on my moods so what I'm drinking. That I'll match what we're gonna have for dinner with that. Now, see,
0: that is a very, very uh, that that is a qualified wine drinker.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. You base <laughs> you,
0: what you're having for dinner based off the wine you have. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: That I love hearing that. <laughs> um, this is a really pretty pink. Uh, rosé which we're talking even in the cave room even in the cave room i don't know what that means it is uh (laughs) what so we talked a little bit about this is geeking out and stuff but how long do you keep so this is um, skins on these
3: so this this is one that is actually machine harvested so we harvest uh in the cool of the early morning um, but it goes directly from the harvester into the press, um, so it's really cool. not skin contact per se. It's just you know how long it takes it to get us into the press. Okay, a skin wow. contact and the time in the in the press cycle. But still very yeah. pink. Yeah, and it starts out. It actually starts out much darker because um, uh, you know all of the component grapes that are in it: Syrah, Tempranillo, Malbec. Tempranillo not as much, but but Syrah and Maldek certainly are, are dark berries. Um, so when the wine starts out, it's actually probably at least twice as dark as this. It's like a really like deep ruby color, and then as the wine um, ages um, and as it as it settles out and, and as the fermentation takes place and as it sits in tank, a lot of those pigments fall out of solution because they're not stable. So um, the wine as it as it. Um, sits in tank and, and goes through its, its life cycle before we bottle it and actually get lighter. Interesting. So it's kind of, a, kind of a neat phenomenon because I remember the first time I made when we first started making rosés we've been making rosés since 2006 um, so we, we, we made them before it was cool to make them.
0: So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll tell you what we probably have a rosé once a week in the yeah. summer <laughs> and we probably should double that because we really do like rosé a lot I I don't want to you know harp too much on this but I do want to get Janie's, you know what is your why do you like this so much and I'm gonna ask that while I finish this last swallow of this glass
1: I personally am not a sweet wine drinker and I always associate rosé with being sweet I always do it is so rare for me to find a rosé that I really really enjoy our rose is so light and dry and it just it's so smooth. Like I was saying earlier, my friends, everyone that I've had come over and try it, they just boast about it and then they're ordering bottles left and right. It's it is definitely one of our top sellers as well. It sells like hot cakes in the summer. I mean it is just going. So people love it. It's it's phenomenal. And the color, I really enjoy the color too. It's not su- the super deep pink. It's a right. really nice and light yeah. pink. It's just gorgeous to look at and wonderful to drink. And the strong strawberry smell, when you take a big whiff of it at mm. first, is it just fulfills my soul. I don't even know how else to describe <laughs> it.
0: So it's funny you mentioned the sweet thing because a lot of people, uh, I don't like Riesling because I don't like sweet wine. It's like, well, you need to have a good dry Riesling then, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. What are you getting on this wine? Shelly. Definitely
2: that. strawberries. Yeah, I'm not getting the watermelon so much, but...
0: I might I, have to have a sip of yours. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Well, this is not unusual, by the way, just not because I drink Rainy faster. Cherries,
2: though,
0: that, what kind of cherries?
2: Rainier cherries.
0: Rainier I think I'm getting Bing cherries. Bing cherries. I don't know. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Let's see. 19 minutes into the episode, and she throws me under the bus.
2: Beautiful.
0: Did you know that there are over 10,000 different grape varieties in the world? Some are still being discovered and identified. To be sure, most are simply genetic mutations or clones of existing grape families almost all of which have occurred naturally over time, but it hints at the enormity of the world of wine. Don't worry, only about 75 of these are regarded as important grape varieties, and only about a third of those are considered to be noble grapes. This is good news because it suggests the truth that once the rudiments or fundamentals of wine are learned, one will possess that foundational knowledge forever and not forget it. It means that a functional and effective grounding for wine knowledge can be obtained fairly quickly and it will serve the learners well for the rest of their lives. To experience wine like this, book and reserve your Culinary Stone wine tasting classes, which are every Sunday at 2 p.m. right away. Visit culinarystone.com for more information or simply call 208 277 Forty-one sixteen to reserve your spot. Uh, wine number three we have not got in our glasses, so off comes the. Oh, nice and very out. had it ready, very proactive. Uh, while Jenny's pouring the Chenin Blanc, which is something else that people think is sweet thought behind this. Sweet. Um, Thank you. It it used to be. I mean, most
3: most Chenin Blancs in Washington especially were sweet. And, you know, when when they were first, when Chenin Blanc became, you know, when when it was heavily made in Washington in the 80s, everybody made it in that sweet style. So there there was a a reason for that perception of of it being a sweet wine. Um, But not, not, Not anymore necessarily, and definitely not for us. We definitely make it in a dry style.
0: You know, it's funny while you were saying that, I kind of got transfixed by the nose on this thing. I smell it, I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) I I look at Janie and she's just like nodding. (laughs) Yeah, this is phenomenal. Nose that just keeps going and going. Oh man, um, we have it's. It's not mm-hmm. our rules. We have to toast. It's <laughs> no, a new wine. To
2: uh,
0: so good. Uh, I wanted to ask when Janie sits back down with her mic mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about the wine club. But I'm going to say a story. So a year ago, we had a Christmas in Seattle. Time out. <laughs>
1: Sit.
0: time back in and then we flew down to California spend uh, Christmas with her with Shelly's family and then we flew back up to Seattle and we had driven to Seattle from Coeur so we were driving back I had called and left a message when you guys are usually not doing a lot of business in the tasting room in the month of December when there's mm-hmm. snow out there and everything and uh, she got back to me within a couple minutes or a couple couple hours not a couple minutes a couple hours which I was really impressed and she said, "You know what? When you think, when you're within a half hour uh, to an hour, just let me know if we're closed. I'll meet you on the, you know, near the freeway, or the exit. I'll bring you your, your wine club." And like, she gets it. And it was it, it was clearly not something that you said. Oh, we have to be really, you know, have good customer service. This is something that is over delivered. Yeah, it's, it's your DNA. And so I was so impressed by that. And yes, those of you who have listened to this know we have the Business Buffet podcast with Ed Beharan and Phil Anderson, blah, blah, blah.
2: <laughs> and
0: I did a whole um, side dish episode about that scenario and how impressed I was. And uh, sent that to Janie, and then she liked to hear her story sent over the waves of thousands and thousands, <laughs> almost a million people listening to this at some time in our lifetime. And uh, But it, it is something that I absolutely gravitate to is good customer service, and, when, and we talk about this all the time, when we find a company or a business that gets it it just warms our hearts because it's now it's it's what can I do for you and not you know how much can you give me for whatever uh just really appreciate that so thank you Janie so so let's why why don't you talk about your wine club
1: thank you so first Bill, that was really sweet thank you so much for saying that and it is really important to me to treat customers the way that i would want to be treated and if i didn't have time but i really wanted my wine and lived hours away i would try i would hope that someone would try to make it work for me too so that's kind of the whole concept of all the employees here at kb is trying to do that as if you were that person on the other end so and you know life gets in the way especially this year oh boy this year's been a doozy so one curveball after another exactly so
2: you learn Thank to you. hit a curve.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, but I really appreciate you saying that, especially in front of my bosses. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I would, uh, yeah,
3: I remember something too it, and it's it, it was neat when Janie, when when we interviewed Janie, um, she was like, Well, I have no wine experience and so it's like, you know what, wine, wine knowledge and wine experience, you, you can train that you can teach that, you, right? You can, yeah. you can teach you you can kind of teach customer service, but you can't teach someone to get it. No. Mm-hmm. And you also can't teach someone to have a personality.
0: Mm-mm.
3: So no. those are the things that we talk about all the time. And, and so Janie, Janie has both of those things in spades.
0: Yeah. And it's obviously very reflective of how this you know whole thing runs. And it's, it's just awesome to see. And it's great because when we were, we had set up outside to do this. And it got a little windy and a little breezy. And I'm like, okay, we're going to pivot and come in here into the cave room, which is really great. Uh, and we still can see out, I can anyway, the peekaboo windows. <laughs> you guys see it every day. Yeah. Uh, but she said, you know, the team that we have right now is like we have never had this, as strong a team as we have. And that yeah. really is, Shelley and I, yeah, we're, we have a social media background. We have business background. We help small businesses grow. But not every small business gets it. And uh, when you do get it, it's just—I mean, it's eye-opening, really. And so, it's the culture that you guys have set. I'm pointing over to Carrie and and uh, Freddie. <laughs> I was no pointing to. One
2: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I will keep that in self-deprecation. (laughs) You were going
0: to talk a little bit about the wine club, so how does that work?
1: Yes, so our wine club, as of right now, um, we've kind of scaled things back a little bit. When I first started, we had kind of an amplitude of clubs to offer. And we've kind of, after being here, I kind of figured out which ones people were really interested in. So right now, our lowest club that we start with is our Discover Two. So this club, you get three wines twice a year, um, usually in the months of February and November, uh, excuse me, February and September. Okay. And those, it's a, a winemaker select club. So Freddie chooses those wines just based off of what's tasting well, what, type of, you know, the type of year, what's going on, and we put those together for those customers. We ship and we do have people that pick up at our Quincy location, our Woodinville location, and our Tri-Cities location. So our Tri-Cities location is freshly new. Um, I'll let Carrie elaborate on that a little bit more later. Um, She, her, and Freddie have really been behind that, so. Then we offer for our next level up is our Explore Club level. So this is three types of an Explore membership. So I'll just start in the order that I usually process them in. The first is our Explore mixed. So that is four bottles, about, saying four bottles, four times a year. Um, And that is also a winemaker select, and you get half reds, half whites. Sometimes you get three reds, one white. It just kind of depends on what Freddy's, what's tasting best.
2: Yeah.
1: then we move up to our Explore White. That's around five bottles. Reason being is we try to keep that Explore membership within a $120 range. So the whites are a little bit less expensive than our reds, so you can get more whites with that membership. Um, same thing, Winemaker Select, Freddie chooses those. And then the next one up is our Explore Red. This is one of our most popular clubs. Reason being is most people are red drinkers, in my opinion, From when from starting to work here, the majority of people that come in are red drinkers. So they really like this club, same thing, it's around 120 bucks per, per fulfillment. And people really like that because it's also a winemaker select and Freddie chooses a great assortment. We usually try to do a lighter, some heaviers, and then sometimes in between. Then the next level up above that is our Inspire level. Our Inspire level we changed this year as well. Um, we changed that to a customer choice club. So mm-hmm. that's six bottles four times a year, but you get to choose your own. The reason why I was really strong on trying to implement this is because people, a lot of our guests that come through the store know what kind of wines they like. It's not like they're stopping at Safeway to pick up wines and just picking it out by the label. They come to KB, they get to try the wines, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. So being able to choose their own has been an amazing thing. People love that. Um, we've had a lot of people upgrade to that level or you know, people sign up just so then they can do that. So it's worked out really great and you kind of get to make your own price. You can start out with 90 bucks up per fulfillment if you get all of our less expensive wine, which would be our cavewoman wine, or you could you know, spend $50 per bottle on one of our more expensive reds. Just kind of depends, you get to make it your own. Um, so that's been really great.
0: And the beauty of that too, they get their cake and eat it too. They get great wine mm-hmm. and a great label.
1: Absolutely. So
0: <laughs> they don't have to make that choice. Exactly.
1: Even our less expensive wine is beyond a top shelf where you would find it just any grocery store. It's, yeah. Our, it's our Cape woman wine. It's about $15 a bottle and it is amazing. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the girls call, here call that their patio pounder, because it is less expensive, so you can share it with everybody, but it is so good. It's just one of our white blends that we have. I'll let Freddie elaborate more on that later, too. Um, and then our, two highest, or our next highest club would be our ambassador. That one is four times a year, and it is a case. So you're committing to a case four times a year. Also a customer choice. People love that. It's been great. Kind, same kind of concept. You make your own price. Then on the highest level club that we offer is our indulge level. This club works great for people who are heavy red drinkers and they know what they want. It's an upfront cost of about $1,550, not including tax. For the year. For the year. yep. Yeah. They pay that upfront. They're committing to four full cases. Those four full cases are whatever they would like. So if nice. they, have, they can get up to a savings about 40%, which is huge. Yeah, um, Customers love, especially if people are getting married, a lot
0: oh, of yeah. people will
1: come in and sign up for that, buy their four cases and be done. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that one, you don't have to spread out
2: throughout the year. You can no. either get it right then, all four cases for a special event, or, right. you, or you can spread it out. So you kind of get your choice if you don't want to store it at your house.
0: It's your really choice. interesting too, because a lot of people would say, why have such a high end like that? Well, if you don't, No one will ever buy it. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) But if you
0: do, you will get those folks that say, I don't care. I just want your top end one.
1: And that's a 40% savings. savings. And it's a 40% savings. And you know, (laughs) when we talk with our staff here about talking about wine club and training them on how to appropriately sell wine club, essentially, is starting with the one that they believe in and which wine club they're really comfortable with, one that they would sign up for because then it's easiest to sell it that way. And every single employee here would definitely go for the Inspire and the Ambassador, just because the savings on it, and they all are wine drinkers. So of course, you know, <laughs> six bottles is nothing to us and the, and the other staff. Right, right. Um, that one usually is, the Inspire has turned into our most popular wine club.
0: So, and thank you for that. Uh, I want to ask Freddie about the Chemin Blanc. And then we're going to end this episode because we're going to have episode two, part two at Cave B, a state winery, is going to be all reds. Yeah. So, Freddie, tell us, is this 100% Chenin Blanc? It is 100% Chenin Blanc. Yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah, nothing Chenin Blanc. Uh, this is actually from our oldest vineyard on the property. This, this vineyard was planted in 1980. So uh, last year it was 39 years old. Um, so that. The grapes in that, that glass amazing. that you're drinking are 39 years old. Well, not the grapes, the vines.
0: I'm the sure. vines. Yeah, because this would be, <laughs> yeah, the, they would, would be natural. raisins by then.
3: <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so so uh, that that vineyard has been, uh, it's been really fun to make a Chenin Blanc. This is actually only our, our third vintage that we made, and we actually skipped a vintage in between. Um, that vineyard was actually under contract for a number of years, and when that contract ran out, um, I said, I, I want to make Chenin. So um And like you said, you know, in the past, Chenins were thought of to be these kind of sweet, almost cloying wines. Yeah. Um, but Chenin, when, when made properly, it has these beautiful aromatics and this nice Christmas city. This is awesome. It's a tremendous food
0: wine. Um, What's can, the price can, point on this Chenin Blanc? It's 22. Yeah, so I mean, 20, that's- And 22 is, that's high for a Chenin, I mean. It is, but it's <laughs> worth, this is worth the $22 Our, price point.
2: The vintage of, before this one, the Shannon, was it won? It swept the entire North Central Washington Wine Awards. It was uh, out of all reds, whites, everything for the entire show, it swept. With one. Wow. This oh, this eighteen. That's the nineteen. This is the
3: nineteen. This is the 19. Oh, the okay, okay. gotcha. Yep. Yeah, but it's it, but I've I really enjoyed making this wine because it's it's just been. Um, uh, like I said, the aromatics on it are just tremendous. I mean, they just, they, they jump, before you even get the wine to your I, nose, it starts jumping out of the
0: Like side. I said, I put my nose in there, and I look at, at Jenny, I'm like, oh my God.
3: <laughs> this is
0: really, really good. Uh, we are going to sign off from this episode, and uh, next week you were going to hear all about the Reds, and we will actually talk a little, you know what, I can do this real quick before we sign off. I need to just talk about the wines that we've had. In the past week so we've had rob's red blend from barnard griffin kind of a favorite of our house the barnard griffin dow did i say that right
2: i think so dow
0: cabernet sauvignon which we're going to actually do a winemakers dinner with the dinner party in december on all dow uh wines which would be fun ferrari carano reserve chardonnay we had pendulum red blend uh the sound and fury chardonnay The Uncaged Proprietary Red Blend from uh, Z. Alexander Brown. We had the Ponderoy... Ponder... You say it. Ponderé. Thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a small lake near where we live.
0: Yes, Cabernet Franc. We went through a Cab Franc thing. We're going to do an episode in Cab Franc coming up. But uh, Cab Franc from Ponderé Winery and the Franc, Cab Franc. And last but not least, a White Burgundy from Semonet, February which was 100% what, Shelley?
2: Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Yeah, a white burgundy that was 100% Sauvignon Blanc. It was delicious. And we will see you next week when we go through the reds of KB. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelley and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily wine conversations. We invite you to join us again next week when we have a conversation over another glass of wine. Until then, we toast to health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance.